0: How wise?" This interview was recorded for the NeoThink Radio Network. The host was Shaleen Bertrand. We'll get right to the show.
1: Hello, everyone. Good to have you here today. On the show, you'll be meeting Thomas and Sarah Kane. They operate a company called HelpWise. And if any of you are at your computer right now, you can go to their website at helpwise.org. That's help and then the letters W-Y-Z-E dot org. Thomas and Sarah are investigative journalists of alternative medicine and practice, and they're often referenced as the health detectives. They continue to expose topics in health and wellness that many of their peers are afraid to approach. Hello, you two. Welcome to the show. Hey,
0: Shaleen. Hey there.
1: It's nice to meet you both and or introduce you both to uh, our listeners. I always begin my interviews with questions of my guests, and this particular question for both of you is, what did you both want to be when you were growing up, and does it apply to anything that you're doing today? Hmm. Sarah, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Yes. Um, well, when I, was really... first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I was really young, I wanted to be a paramedic, and then just before my teens, I wanted to become a politician. I was living in England wow. at the time. When I was 12 years old, I started in politics. I gave my first speech to an audience of a couple of thousand, and I continued in politics in the UK for the next, i say, probably four years. Back then, I was trying to improve the country, or perhaps even the world, through politics to inspire people to make changes. And so I think it is relevant to what I'm doing today, where we try to save people, to a lot of times from themselves, as I was doing in politics. So, um, yeah, there were a lot of similarities there. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, if I can butt in, I would say even back then in her early youth, Sarah was a whiz kid. She was something of a prodigy. She's really being very modest here. She was a youth leader in England, and there were a lot of people who were predicting that she would eventually become the prime minister when she was old enough. Wow. But a lot of things changed, and she's here now. Yeah. So that, that life is sort of over with. Mm-hmm. Anything you'd like to add?
1: Um, no. Very impressive.
0: <laughs> Your turn,
1: Thomas.
2: Sure, sure. Perfect. Well, I come from much more humble beginnings than Sarah did. I uh, grew up in sort of a construction family and had sort of a regular childhood, more or less. As far as the question as to what I wanted to do with my life through most of my early youth, up until like somewhere in my teens, I don't remember when it stopped, but I always wanted to be a preacher, um, like a minister. Mm -hmm. The reason I wanted to do that, besides what might be obvious, you know, the religious leanings and callings that I felt, in addition to that, I always felt that perhaps the most noble thing I could do with my life would be to try to save people from themselves. And People don't really think that preachers and ministers do that anymore. And and frankly, in a lot of cases, they don't. In a lot of cases, they're the problem now. But there were better times back then. I feel that if you could find a denomination that you could work with, that you could maybe help save people from themselves. But I do think nowadays that's really hard to do. I think of the church as more of a a corrupt business now, in most of the Mm -hmm. cases. So I've still got the faith that I always had. Um, I just don't really think much of the organized church anymore. And, of course, as my well, team. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, well, with, you know, this can lead right into what you're doing now, you and Sarah are doing now, with HealthWise. So mm-hmm. it really, what you wanted to do, actually you're really doing, in my opinion, yeah. my humble opinion, with HealthWise. Yeah. So could you just uh, both, you know, either back and forth tell our listeners about HealthWise
2: Shalene, I agree with you that um, I didn't really think about it very much until recently, but in a sense, I am following that dream of trying to help people and in many cases save them from themselves. Mm-hmm. And often the answer is like right in front of them and they don't see it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we do that. We, we help people you know, find the truth, the finding answers, and save them from themselves, in fact.
0: Yeah. When it comes to health-wise... What we do is we essentially go through the research that's out there, a lot of times spending weeks on a certain topic. We mm-hmm. dig through those research, try and avoid the corrupt papers, and we try and present people with an easy-to-understand source mm-hmm. that tells them exactly you know, the real information about their condition and exactly what they can do themselves without a doctor mm-hmm. to actually cure their own diseases. And that's something that the mainstream medicine... Mainstream establishment doesn't do.
2: Well, they're they're not allowed to do it, Sarah. I mean, you know, this is a topic we've harped on Mm -hmm. many times, both amongst ourselves and on other shows that we've done. Curing is like the C word. If you look up the FDA regulations, you're not allowed to claim that anything cures anything. It's not allowed. Mm -hmm. They will come after you. They will arrest you, possibly. So you have to be very careful. We're not practicing medicine. Like, we don't have a clinic here with people coming in. So, our defense is that we're journalists. That's what lets us get away with what we're doing because we're just reporting. We're not treating. We give people the information that they need to help themselves. Sarah gets a lot more credit than I do as far as the research, which is like paramount to everything we do is the research. But Sarah is like a machine. Okay? Sarah can go through thousands of complicated medical documents that would make your head spin and lock in on what she needs to lock in on. It blows me away every time we start some new research. I'm just sort of tagging along trying to keep up in most cases. And the real trick is, you see, there is information out there. Information that's valid. You just have to find it. Like, for instance, one thing that we find always interesting to read over is the pharmacopias. Probably most of your people don't know what those are. Well, these are old documents. From like before the turn of the twentieth century, some of them in the middle of the twentieth, up to the middle of twentieth century, we go through, but we go all the way back to like the Civil War. And one thing you realize from reading these things, because they're they're like guides to what drugs are, how you make them, how you, how you use them in treatment, and so forth. They're like a, an encyclopedia for doctors, and it becomes obvious that medical history has been rewritten. That so much of what we hear today is just backwards. It's been completely reversed, and there was no reason for it other than the other treatments, the older treatments, worked better. They were cheaper. They could not be monopolized. They could not be patented. They could not be controlled by the pharmaceutical cartel. The reason why one set of drugs is legal and prescribed and one set is illegal is because the illegal drugs are the ones they can't control anymore. Let me give you an example. Heroin was Bayer's best-selling drug of all time. It was sold in pharmacies. You could get a prescription for heroin. They lost control of it. I
1: didn't know that. I had yeah. no
2: idea. Yeah, the, the, it was sold as a cure for morphine addictions. Yeah, isn't that rich? It was the cure for morphine. <laughs> okay. yeah. So it was supposed to be the non-addictive cure. And morphine was the non-addictive cure, supposedly, for opium addiction, which also was prescribed by doctors. Then morphine was prescribed by doctors, then heroin was prescribed by doctors. All of these are extremely addictive, extremely profitable drugs. Are you seeing the pattern? Yep. Every drug that's illegal now wasn't made on the street originally, it was prescribed.
0: Mm-hmm. You hear about these pharmaceutical drug addictions nowadays, you know, and you hear about how they're taking over from the old street drugs. The truth of the matter is that these old street drugs were also pharmaceutical drugs at one time.
2: You can look, like I was. I mentioned the pharmacopoeia. Pharma, oh pharmacopoeia. Yeah, I'm getting tongue-tied. I'm sorry. Yeah, pharmacopoeia. I did it again. Sorry. You say it, Sarah.
0: You mentioned the pharmacopoeia.
2: Pharmacopoeia. Good. I'm tongue-tied. Yeah. Okay. We, we look through those, and, you know, there's this big debate about, you know, marijuana usage now all over, especially California's like the hot spot. Well, they're blowing it up like it's this crazy dangerous weed that nobody should ever take that... It's not real medicine. Well, you go back and look. It was real medicine. It was doctor prescribed. Okay. See, they already have the information. They have the data. They've already done the, the studies to show how effective it is. It's probably the single most useful natural substance in the world. It's cannabis, marijuana.
0: Mm-hmm. You'll see it referenced as hemp in the pharmacopoeias back, you know, as far as the late 1800s, early 1900s. Mm-hmm. It's in the vast majority of their
2: formulas. And that never gets mentioned, does it? never gets mentioned and they pretend like it's this dangerous weed that people discovered and has no known medical benefits my gosh it's it's in all the, the old books the medical books if you just go back and look they spelled it out they proved it but they can't control it because anyone can grow it in their yard in their basement and so forth that's a threat to the industry to whatever agendas they have in place it takes away their power their control and their money And that's what big medicine is about. When you look at the way medicine is structured now, it's not a matter of what works against what doesn't work. That doesn't even factor into it. It's what pays against what doesn't pay. That's what medicine is based on, modern medicine. You need only look at their cash cows, like heart disease, cancer, and diabetes, the big three, that pretty much everybody has one of the three nowadays. They've made sure of that. And those treatments. Are, do, you,
1: do you both get? Excuse me, but do you both get a little nervous when you expose some of these things and you do your research and you post it on your website? Are you afraid you may get, you know, shut down or or what have you? I mean, well, we've there's, received there's some sort of risk to that.
0: There is risk there. Uh, we've received lots of threats over the time from doctors, from people working within huh. the establishment, especially from pharmacists. Uh, we've been
2: chased off with of everything.
0: Yeah. But we have had to essentially make it one of our big principles that we can't be led by fear. The fact of the matter is that if we're afraid, we can't help people. And we have to make a choice. We're either going to be bold, go ahead, give people the information and do what's right, or we're going to have to be afraid and run the other way and do something different. We can't. There There is no middle ground here.
2: It's like the FDA disclaimers.
0: Yeah, I mean, usually a lot of different shows have this disclaimer at the beginning of their show, or they have it on their website that says... Essentially, nothing we say is intended to cure, diagnose, or treat any disease. And they have these warnings that essentially say, don't listen to us. We don't have that sort of a disclaimer. No. Um, in fact, we have something somewhat the, the opposite. And, and the reason is that as soon as you're cowering away like that, you're not going to be able to really help people. We are intending to give people the information that allows them to treat their own disease, to heal themselves, and to even cure themselves. That is a risk on our part, but we're willing to take that
2: risk. Yeah. It's like, how credible are you as a source? If every time you report something, you put at the bottom, don't believe us, we're not trustworthy, we can't help you, go to your doctor instead. They're basically admitting from the get-go that they're cowards and they're not going to give you the information you need. Mm -hmm. And that's everywhere. I mean, it is really rare to find a site that doesn't do that. Even the mainstream sites do it to some degree. They're so afraid of the FDA. And they've got reason to be. I mean, we've all got reason to be. I mean, these people have been known to show up with a SWAT team and confiscate equipment and hold everybody, including children, at gunpoint. That's not uncalled for. It's not Well, they've done
0: that to raw milk sellers in the past. Yeah, they, they, go they go
2: right into retail stores with SWAT teams. It happens. And it, it happened over vitamin B17. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Vitamin B17 is sort of hard to get now, because they've made it. Oh,
1: really? Well,
0: vitamin, B- vitamin B17, Vitamin B which is otherwise known as latrile, is a well B vitamin that can be used to cure cancer. Mm -hmm. it contains, essentially, cyanide inside it that is only released when it comes into contact with cancer cells. Now, you'll find B17 inside of uh, certain fruits like apricot pits and things like this. It used to be sold as a supplement Mm -hmm. in health food stores.
2: Now, Sarah, I think some people listening may freak out when you say the word cyanide. It'd be like throwing out the word arsenic here. What's important to remember, and I'm just emphasizing in case Sarah didn't emphasize it enough, I'm not sure, is that... There's a particular type, a special type of cyanide inside vitamin B17. And it's organically bound to something else, and I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay, this binding effect that these two compounds are joined in makes the cyanide neutral, neutralized. It doesn't do anything. You could drink a glass of it and not be affected. thing is, is this special organic cyanide, which is bound... When it comes in contact with cancer cells, it does what is sometimes known as dropping its payload. When it hits a cancer cell, the cyanide is released. The cells die, and your body flushes out those cancer cells. So basically, vitamin B17 for a while looked like it was going to become the cancer pill. You could just take vitamin B17 pills. You'd get better. You know, happy ending for everyone. But it has more or less been banned.
0: Yeah. The FDA and the federal marshals to raid certain health food stores over B-17. Well,
2: heck, it wasn't just here. They did it in England, too, mm-hmm. whatever agency yeah. they had. And that's just one of many uh, solutions to cancer, but they're all being very, very heavily suppressed. In fact, for a while, they even suppressed vitamin C, and that sounds ridiculous, vitamin C, you know. No kidding. There, there were times in the past they tried to suppress vitamin C because information came out around that time that it was very effective against cancer. Just vitamin C alone makes you very resilient. Yeah. But that's not the normal well, dosage. Oh, I'm sorry, Shalene. I'm sorry, I got no started. Don't
1: be sorry. I'm, you both are very excited about what you're doing as well as I am, and I just mm. love listening to you. I'm uh, kind of like but, the talk show host that listens the most.
2: You know? <laughs> well, uh, if, one thing I wanted to throw out about the vitamin C is, is these are not normal doses. You see, the dosage that are recommended here in this country... I think it's the RDA, right?
0: Yes. The recommended daily allowance. The
2: recommended daily allowance from the USDA. These amounts are very small. For most vitamins, they'll have no effect on you if you take the recommended daily amount. It just won't do much. You need much more. That's especially true in the case of vitamin C, and doubly, doubly so if you're fighting cancer or something. Basically, it's like, what is it, like 200 times the Um, recommended amount? uh
0: I think it's something along those lines. When treating cancer, Linus Pauling, who was the main one who was studying mm. vitamin C and cancer, was using about, I think, 8 or 9 grams every day. Mm, extreme for these amounts. Extremely high amounts, yeah. Mm.
2: It's pretty safe, too. For vitamin C to reach a toxicity level, it has to actually be much more than that. Yeah. That's nowhere close to where it would become toxic. But then we have these mainstream places like the Mayo Clinic saying, Watch out for vitamin C. Don't take too much. Yeah. It just makes us sick and reminds us we need to keep doing what we're doing.
1: I wanted to tell you both, after I interviewed, um, I don't know if you've heard of him, Dr. Stanislaw Brzezinski, mm-hmm. out of um, the Brzezinski Clinic in Texas.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, he
1: came on my show and actually said he cures cancer. You know, And he went through so many fights You know, with, with the government and they wanted to shut him down. Mm-hmm. And he won. 5,000 people showed up at the courthouse and supported this man and his, uh, you know, his his efforts, mm-hmm. you know, and it's hard for me because when I, with this show, I like to bring the people that are helping others in this world, and it's just so hard for me now, even with the American Cancer Society, you know, they have all these walks and everything, if they would just shout to Dr. Brzezinski and, you know, let's throw our dollars over there, uh, you know, it's just so difficult. Um, to understand how our world works, and um, okay. you know, it's frustrating for me. If well, I wasn't doing radio, I'd be working full time, so you know, out there, you know, promoting this guy, but uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and well, promoting you guys too. So um, you're all doing wonderful things for all of us.
2: We we can't speak for your doctor because we don't know enough about him, but right. we can say with absolute certainty the The American Cancer Society has an agenda of suppressing cures. Mm
0: -hmm. Its
2: job is to maintain the status quo and keep that money flowing in.
0: We produced a documentary a year and a half ago now, called the Cancer Report, and in it we went back to the early part of the 20th century where the medicine was really taken over
2: and orthodox allopathic uh, medicine, right?
0: Yeah. Now, in 1931, the cause of cancer was both known, and the Nobel Prize was given to the person who discovered it, Dr. Otto Warburg. Um, but you won't hear this said. Now, we talked they don't about even this. talk about
2: it in medical schools, do they?
0: No. Now, we talked about this in our documentary, and we went into the different cures that have been suppressed ever since then. And there are lots of them. We discussed, I think, the four or five main cures that you can use to cure cancer.
2: Um, I think it was like six, wasn't it? It's been a while. Yeah,
0: Yeah. but in any case, they are out there. There are cures available for people to cure their own cancer. There's been a long history of suppression there. It's like the whole purpose of these walks is not to cure cancer. It's to collect money for cancer, for the cancer industry. Mm -hmm. It's like when people are doing these walks, I just want to kind of tell people, what do you think they'd do if they did find the cure in a magic pill? And you'll never find the cure in a pill, just because that goes against everything that cancer is. But even if they did find this magic cure, would they give it out to patients for free? Would your money suddenly that you've collected do something? And the reality is that it really wouldn't.
2: Yeah. Well, the great thing about cancer, and this is sort of facetiously speaking here, is that like diabetes, like heart disease, the big money makers, it's never cured. They know it will reoccur. Their drugs themselves will make certain it will reoccur. The radiation will make sure that it reoccurs. There's no money in curing someone. And there's no money in killing someone. The real money is made by treating someone perpetually for the rest of their lives mm-hmm. to keep them hooked on the system. So we often compare doctors with illegal drug dealers. But at least in the case of illegal drug dealers, well, I don't know. They're, I like to say they do, they do kill people too, I guess. But, but at
1: least they're more honest about what they're doing.
2: They're more really honest doing. about it, yeah. And they don't kill quite as many.
1: What are your thoughts on an eventual cure for aging?
2: Well, Sarah, would you?
1: Sure.
0: I don't think that aging is really a disease. We all age. We all die. There's a natural process there that I think it would be very arrogant for any of us to say that we could put an end to that. There are people who age very rapidly now. We're taking so many toxins into our body.
2: Most people now. Yeah, Most people are aging very rapidly in our society.
0: We both look younger than we are. I am always told people think that I'm in my mid-teens. I'm not.
2: Yeah, when we're out together, they think... I
1: know. I'm looking at your picture on your website. I'm like, you are in your mid-teens. What are you talking about? Yeah,
0: exactly. And it's not that. It's with these growth hormones, especially, that you're having in your meats and in your milk. These are causing people to rapidly... That led are aging. You're having these young kids who are six and seven years old in puberty. That's not natural. It's not the way it was only a couple of decades ago.
2: No, it wasn't.
0: Um, we're speeding up the aging process when we should be slowing it down through our better lifestyles.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I want a cure for aging. <laughs> I really do. Well. <laughs> no. And I know that there are many people working on it, many organizations that are working on this, actually. Mm. So, um. I hope there is a cure. I'd like to live forever. (laughs) Yeah. But let's lighten this up a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure. Sure. How how did both of you meet? I'm curious.
0: Well, that is a long story. I could probably go on for six or seven hours. But (laughs) to simplify this, I was over in England, as I said, and I was in something of an abusive situation with my father over there at the time. And I ended up meeting Thomas on the Internet, speaking to him, and I essentially needed to get away from my father, like, at the risk of my own life. My father is somewhat sociopathic, psychopathic. Okay, um,
2: let's, let's, let's be blunt about it. He's a freaking Satan worshipper.
0: Okay? Yeah. Um, I know. So, I knew that if I, got, if I tried to get away anywhere else in that country, in England, that I'd be followed. I'd be essentially hunted. And the police aren't as effective as they are in this country. And so, Thomas essentially rescued me over here. Um, and that's, that's how we met.
1: Wow. That's romantic, in a way. <laughs> yeah. But he rescued you, means like your knight in shining armor? Oh, well,
0: lovely. it was something like that. I think I would have died had I stayed over there. I'm now his like, adopted daughter, right. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Interesting. Very long, potentially long tale.
2: Yes, yes. Maybe we'll make a movie someday, (laughs) huh? Maybe.
1: Well, no. Actually, I was going to suggest, it sounds like you've got quite a story to tell. When are you both going to write your book? Well... We've
2: already got a book, technically, but it really wasn't health-oriented. It was uh, basically about abusive relationships and Sarah's story.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, we never could really find a publisher. We had a lot of trouble. It's like, you need to know somebody in the industry, basically.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Well, okay. Right now, you can have a. Right now, you can have a business, you know, on the internet. You can certainly write a book and put that right up there. I'm Perhaps sure.
0: mm-hmm. we have had lots Perhaps. of people send us messages, you know, saying that we should put a book together with our main cures and theories on health. Maybe we'll do that at some point. Right now, we're currently working on our second documentary.
2: The matter of the fact oh, okay. is, is I think people are generally afraid of us, including publishers. Like I was hmm. starting to allude to earlier, we've been chased out of everywhere. We had our own print magazine at one time called Naturally Good Magazine. We actually made it in the health food stores like no other magazine of our kind had ever done before. Very hard hitting, calling it like it is about health topics, exposing things, and so forth. And we didn't make it more than a couple of months. We got called by this company called One Source. Now, that name is significant because for magazines in the area, they are the One Source and they like it that way. They told us that if you'd like to stay in the stores, you're going to do things our way, and you're going to print the stories we tell you to, which meant we were going to stop doing the hard-hitting exposés and investigative reports that we were doing. And we said, no, but not quite that nicely. Within a matter of weeks, our representative at the Corporation, uh, the corporation, mm-hmm. the health food retailer, contacted us. Well, let's just go ahead and say it's Earth Fair, in case mm-hmm. anybody's curious. It was Earth Fair. Contacted us, and this woman was freaking terrified. I mean, she was uh, 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 on the phone talking to us like this almost, telling us the magazine has to go. And I'm like, what do you mean the magazine has to go? This went on and on. She finally said, well, we're done with you, and we're going to have to, quote, recycle, unquote, the magazines. And I'm like, what does that mean? course that means like shredding and crushing them
0: yes modern day book burning
2: yeah we didn't get much of a chance to go get them they were already like destroying them by the time we got the phone call and we called back several times like okay what's going on here and the woman was just scared and would not discuss it hmm. and then we were over at wiki answers we headed up the alternative medicine section over at wiki answers at about.com we, we were like the admins All right. Answers.com. Basically the same thing happened over there. We got a couple of pharmacists show up to tell us to shut up and go away and of course we didn't react well to that. We banned them, kicked them, everything you do, you know, on the forums when people cause problems. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly somebody at corporate was all involved in it and interested in our uh quote censorship. <laughs> of course it wasn't censorship. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Kinda of crap. We've ha- we've been like chased well, out of places. Huh? <laughs>
1: Who needs any of them? You have your website. Well, that's essentially
0: when we got kicked out of the retail store with Naturally Good Magazine was when we kind of decided that as long as we were in the publishing industry, that sort of uh, print publishing, we'd be essentially under somebody else's control. We wouldn't be able to print what we wanted to print. Mm -hmm. So we came to the Internet because that's the only place that's truly free and open now where we can truly state what the truth is, and people can come and they can find it Mm -hmm. and they can get their own solutions.
2: Yeah, because there are a lot of people, and I mean a lot... Trying to shut us up. Not long ago, we had this group of shrinks. You know, we've been doing this a long time. We know when we get a sincere email or a sincere posting to the site or something else. But we actually had a group of shrinks target us, playing psychological games, and we could tell. It was like suddenly these 20 people showed up, and they were all playing mm-hmm. mind all games, mm-hmm. yeah, all at once, playing mind games to try to belittle, demean us, and shut us up. They stuck around for like a week or two until we did another audio show. Basically telling them, hey guys, we know about you, and you're actually uh, giving us reason to keep going. You're pumping us up. That, Motivating. You know, evil, If evil people like you hate us, then we're going to keep doing this.
0: Yeah, and they went There's away.
1: Something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, I'm here again with Thomas and Sarah Kane of healthwise.org. If you go to their website, health, and it's W-Y-Z-E dot org. Go to their website because you have a lot of audio programs as well. Are you guys doing radio or just recording out of your studio?
2: We're just doing it ourselves. We've considered and talked about going to radio.
1: Uh Kind of
2: interested in that simply because it would increase our outreach. We could reach more ears that way.
1: Save more people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, stick with me, kids. I'll take care of you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Okay. But um, yeah, everyone, please go to their website. It's really terrific, and you can sign up um, for their emails, right? Email subscriptions, yeah. and there's a yeah. the Helpwise store, the Cancer Report, audio archives, a forum, and um, you can link up with them with the Facebook and Twitter. I've got to ask you a question. We all need hope, right? We do. Did you say hope. We all want to have hope. Hope. Yes. And what are your hopes for our future health and wellness out there? Well, I essentially hope that
0: people like us aren't needed anymore, that health information is freely flowing and available. Mm
2: -hmm. And that it's it's not merely what you hear on the news and elsewhere, just essentially marketing lies. Even some of these special reports that you see on the regular news, like on TV, Mm -hmm. people don't know, but some of these so-called special reports are bought and paid for by the pharmaceutical industries. They're like hidden commercials.
0: Yeah, well, the pharmaceutical industry happens to be among the biggest advertisers, or the biggest advertisers, for the big media yeah. corporations. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. Let, me, let me tell you how it works. If you, if you think you can trust your local reporters or even your national reporters on the TV, this is how it works. For decades, there were cigarette commercials, both in the news shows and other shows, all over the place. Lots of cigarette commercials. Then, at some point, I don't remember, I think it was like in the 80s sometime, I'm not sure exactly when, the government made it illegal to have cigarette commercials. They were banned. No more tobacco money coming in to the news stations. Within two weeks, tobacco was bad. Tobacco causes cancer. It was all over. Suddenly, 60 Minutes was doing a special investigation, going after big tobacco. Suddenly the pile on of lawsuits, the big, I don't know if you remember, but there were these huge tobacco lawsuits that suddenly came out at the same time because it was fashionable to attack tobacco because no longer was the money coming in. They had nothing to lose. They had nothing to lose anymore. And it's like that with the pharmaceutical
0: industry, I personally, and I I imagine you agree, Thomas, I'm strongly against these so-called direct-to-consumer pharmaceutical ads, where they have these smiling faces on the TV the big blue sky behind them, and everybody's happy, and you've got a great family, because all you need is this special pill. And if it weren't for these ads, that it both influence the media directly...
2: Ask your doctor. Yeah. If so-and-so is right for you.
0: Yeah, exactly. If it weren't for, th- for those ads, and the illusion that they give to people who are just sitting, you know, enjoying their meal watching TV, this illusion that they give to them that you're just one pill away from happiness.
2: Mm, that's a symbol, it's
0: a symbol of everything that's wrong with our society, with see, our health system right now.
2: There is no magic. There is no magic solution. The term magic comes into play a lot around us and other people in the know. That's what it's all about. It's about the magic formula, the special pill that's been sorcered in, <laughs> where you're, to change your nature of the body. There is no quick fix. Most conditions have taken a long time to develop. They're self-inflicted. To get out of that mess, to dig yourself out, it takes time. And you have to move wisely. You have to do the right thing to get yourself out to reverse what you've done to yourself in most cases or most diseases. You have certain exceptions, like for instance, cancer can be an exception. Somebody can get exposed to radiation completely against their will or knowledge. And then they can get cancer. There are exceptions, but Most of the time, it's self-inflicted, and a person has to get out. But when you're looking for the magic pill, you really are essentially almost delving into magic at that point. And people don't know this. Those of you who are rolling your eyes, you might want to consider that the word pharmaceutical comes from the word pharmakia, which is the Greek word for sorcery and witchcraft.
1: Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I I, I just wanted to tell you a quick story. I remember... Taking one of my young children to the doctor, and he prescribed some medicine. I forgot what it was for. And I came home, and I read, you know, the pamphlet of you know warnings and this and that before I gave it to my child. And on it, it said has never been tested on young children. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> you know. And so, why would I give something to my oh, child if it was never tested on other children?
2: Shalene, like, uh-huh. you just Shalene, you, know? uh-huh. you just don't know. Let me tell you. In our research for oh. the cancer report we discovered that 80% of the drugs and procedures in usage have never been tested for efficacy that oh. there's no indication that they actually work scientifically there's been no clinical trial 80% right. and people just assume that you know if they're taking something it's been proven safe and effective yeah. no it hasn't let me tell you who proved it it was the pharmaceutical company you see These drugs aren't tested by independent third-party laboratories. They never are. They're tested by their own pharmaceutical company who buys the results that they want to get. And then they simply pass them along to the FDA, and then they pay their regulatory fees, their approval Mm -hmm. fees, which are essentially bribes since the FDA gets 97% of its funding from the drug companies, not from taxes.
1: And now you have these commercials out there with these lawyer groups saying... If you've ever taken this drug, um, you know please call us because there's a lawsuit against it. And it's like you know, and it maybe mm-hmm. just came out like five years prior, so um, yeah. it's really. And my just going back to hope. My feeling, my hope is, with all the information that we have at our fingertips now, with with the internet, it's gold right in front of us. We can research anything we want before we take it.
2: That's what so we that, do. That's
1: where my hope is that our population will be just so much more knowledgeable at some point. And listening to people like yourselves out there, giving these amazing messages of the right way, basically, to learn, to go out there and ask questions, you know, rather than just go out and just trust your doctor or trust that medicine. You mm-hmm. have the power to research all of this yourself.
2: Well, that's why we do what we do. I mean, the truth really will yeah. set you free. A lot of people would make the assumption that we hate all doctors. We hate some of them, for sure, but we don't hate all doctors. And we realize there are a lot of doctors out there that are trying to do the right thing. They're not allowed to do the right thing. Like I was talking about with the FDA, there are certain procedures that are approved. That's it. That's their whole ball of wax, their entire toolbox. It's what's approved for that particular condition. And it's always this drug or that drug, which may or may not have been Mm -hmm. properly tested. And they may mix them together in strange cocktails that certainly haven't ever been tested together. And that's it. Even if a doctor stumbles across our site, sees an article that really catches his attention, he says, Eureka, that would work. I want to do that. He can't. He's not allowed to. He's not even allowed to talk about it in his practice. He can go to prison for that. Mm -hmm. So... Knowledge is power. At some point in the future, like Sarah said, hopefully we'll outlive our usefulness, that we won't be needed anymore.
0: The research will be that readily available that people mm-hmm. won't need people like us to spend all day, you know, researching for them and putting the information out for them to see.
1: Mm-hmm. And maybe we won't need doctors any longer either. Who
2: knows? Mm. Well, I'm but sure we'll all...
1: i got to wrap it... I'm sorry, you two, I've got to wrap this up uh, time-wise, but um, I just wanted to thank both of you for coming on the show today. You've really been a joy well, a lot of information as well. And everyone, I'm here again with Thomas and Sarah Kane. Uh, please visit their website, helpwise, that's W-Y-Z-E dot org, and uh, check it out, listen to their shows and everything. But is there anything else you wanted to leave us with before we end the show today?
0: I just wanted to tell people that there are cures out there. There are answers out there. You just have to search for them.
2: hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. It really boils down to, and I guess this is my preaching side coming out, a matter of faith. Where do you put your faith? Because misplacing it can be a very dangerous thing.
1: Wonderful. Put, put the faith in yourself. <laughs> thank you very much. Well, thank Thomas you. Thomas and Sarah Kane. And you're going to come great. on the show again, I hope.
2: <laughs> that would be wonderful.
1: Oh, good.